to Because We Make, the podcast about making creativity and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari. Joining me as always, Ethan Carter. Hello, my friend. What's up, Vincent? How you doing? I am hunky-dory morning glory. <laughs> awesome. It's Monday. Yeah, I'm it's... in a much, much better mood than last week, that's for sure. That's good, that's good. Yeah, it's so nasty outside up here. I don't know what it's like for you down Brutal. there. Brutal. But... It's it is, brutal. It's just raw and gross. So yeah, I walked. I walked out to my. I walked out to my truck to get lunch, and it was a lot colder at lunchtime than it was this morning. And as I was walking in my truck, I'm like, I don't remember it being this right. cold, but it is just horrible out right now. Yeah, I don't know how much of it is just I'm not used to it yet or what, but it was so. I went out at lunch and the same thing, and it was just like raw and raining. Yeah. I got. I had to get gas, and it was like the rain was coming in from the like at an angle. It was just we <laughs> got rain that fell up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Forrest Gump. There was. I think it's because of the dampness. I'm starting to sound like an old man, but I'm really starting to feel that dampness. Let me give you a piece of advice, people. If you're ever around 400 pounds, and you like the cold weather savor it because when you get down to like two and a half the cold ain't as much fun yeah i will tell you that from experience when uh, when i was like 350 i didn't care about the cold i used to go outside bring it on 10 degree weather in a t-shirt i didn't care (laughs) today at 220 hell no (laughs) hell no (laughs) yeah i believe it i believe it it was like um i it was uh was who was saying it, it was like oh, i was 400 pounds in cold weather one of my followers on twitter was saying yeah i was 400 pounds in cold weather and i totally sympathize <laughs> like yeah yeah you will woof it's you got to get some warmer clothes once yeah, you uh, oh yeah. i i lose track you know what it is you lose track of what normal weather feels like cuz you don't <clears throat> sure. i hate to say it but that insulation there is an insulating layer at that size and you really do take it for granted it's like i don't know why everyone's so cold it's not that bad out <laughs> yeah go ahead try it now yeah right exactly but I, I will say i was very proud of myself i actually in the rain in the cold this morning it was 30 30 ish degrees when i got to the park and raining and i still ran i know i saw that that's amazing man <laughs> i mean I, I i ran again today but All right. inside and not for you know not that long but but I saw. Did, did, did I see it? You did a, for your first ten minutes straight, I, or is it eight minutes? I did straight? my first. I was okay. So it was twenty minutes straight. I did my first ten minute mile today. Ten minute. That's awesome, man. Congrats. That's awesome. I, I am so happy because when I started this, I was doing an eighteen minute mile. Yeah, I remember. And, yeah, and now I hit a ten minute mile today. And now Wednesday is going to be interesting because Wednesday is a twenty five minute run. So Oof. we'll see. I'll probably have a better idea now of what kind of pace I can keep. But dude, a ten minute mile for me. That's I'm fantastic, a, man. I you know and I know I remember what Nick said you know he's like you know that's that's really impressive that you could move that quickly and mm-hmm. I'm so happy to be I was happy when I hit like a 14 minute mile right and now a 10 minute mile is like wow I'm really seeing results starting to like pour in it's I'm just happy when I can like when I just can do it for a certain amount of time right I mean yeah I, I, you know what so am I and to me the 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 time per mile isn't that important i'm not i'm not like a pro. no but it's but it is a, a indicator exactly of, right and that's why it's important yeah i remember like uh when jimmy had been you know one of the times when he's been doing his run thing or whatever and i think it was bob that gave him the recommendation of go out and run for a time not a distance i think it was right. yeah yeah right? exactly because the distance comes yeah. 
Right, the distance exactly. comes. The more you run for time, the more your distance comes. And I, can, I am living proof of that right. because I am sticking to the intervals in this program religiously. And even today, I was, I was telling Beth when I got home, I said, you know, I hit, I hit the 20-minute mark today. I could have easily gone another 10 minutes. That's not amazing. Even, not even a question. That's awesome. And, and that's from someone who at week two of this program had to do week one four times before they could move on right. to week two. But now it, do, it does a show that half. Was it that? does show that it builds, though. I mean, it's... Yeah, dude, these yeah. intervals. And, you know, um, my trainer was telling me, she said, you know, stick to your intervals. Don't don't, don't break your intervals. Right. You know, your intervals are there for a reason. Even if you think you could do more, just stick to your intervals for now. Right, there's a plan for a reason. Yeah. Right. When you get to the end of this, yep. when you get to the end, then you can just go, you know, set your timer and run and right. have fun. But for now... You're building and you're building and it's working. Don't screw with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's pretty good advice. Don't yep. don't screw with it. <laughs> um, yeah. So in case you haven't figured it out, guys, we are um, we are on our own tonight. Um, well, I hope so. Otherwise, we are really really rude to our <laughs> guests, right? <laughs> we um we have we've had we're having a scheduling problem with the guests that we're supposed to get, and it's yeah. just it's she's really busy and I'm totally cool with it. We'll get her. We are going to get her on. I'm really looking forward to talking to her. We just can't get our schedules to mesh. So yeah. for now, it's just Ethan and I, which is not the worst yeah. thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, we have fun. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, we actually, this week is the first week and I, we, we actually have an outline for the show. <laughs> we did a lot of, a lot of show prep. And but, I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, this is a whole show's worth of stuff. It's almost like too much, though, for us. I feel like it's like I'm, a little, I'm, I'm a little too scared. structured. Right? I'm a little scared. Like, wait, <laughs> we don't usually do this. But, you know, we're starting to get to be a professional operation. Hey, yeah. I'm going to give you a stat. I'm going to give you a stat. This is episode 24. It's crazy. We are at 3,959 downloads of this podcast. It's awesome. Which means in probably with the release of this one, by the time most people hear this one, we will have hit 4,000 downloads on 24 episodes of a podcast. That's mind-boggling that, to me. I, I, I am so happy. Guys, I don't, I don't like to stat whore, and I'm not going to humble brag. That's not what this is. But the idea that so many of you have listened to these episodes and have listened to this podcast, and I just I appreciate it. I I'm, you know, I'll sp- think I'll speak for Ethan a little bit here, too. I really, really appreciate it. It mm-hmm. means so much to me. When I look at those numbers and I see the consistent growth and I see – we get so much feedback. If I if I put out a call and say, "Hey, send us feedback. Please write a review." I get at least a couple of reviews. I get we get a lot of feedback from yep. this show. We get an enormous. You guys are so engaged, and I love it. I think that's my favorite part. Honestly, is is realizing that there's people that listen every week is mind boggling to me. Like mm-hmm. that they they listen at on Wednesday when it drops they listen and they give me and i'm getting feedback before i even listen to the episode and yeah. i think that's fantastic I, well, and, and i'm so appreciative of it. it that again that's why we do this it's it means so much to to both of us i know yeah uh, last week so here's a perfect example this is how good you guys are and this is why i'm gonna <laughs> tell you all that i love every one of you last week a little glitch happened I hate using that word glitch. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, okay, so here's what happened. I'm going to explain it really simply. I was in a major hurry to get the podcast uploaded. I needed to have it up Tuesday night and scheduled. I could not do it Wednesday morning because I had a... I had an appointment with an onco- with one of my oncologists. So I had my whole morning was spoken for. I had to run, get home, eat breakfast, shower, head to the doctor, and then go to work. 
So there was no way I could do it Wednesday morning. So Tuesday night, I'm like, okay, I got to get this done now. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I set the whole thing up. I finished it. I did the edit. I, I'm doing this all sitting on my couch with my Surface. It's all good. It goes up. Everything's great, right? Next morning, I start getting messages. I get messages on my Instagram. I get an email. I got a message on Twitter. Uh, hey, just wanted to let you know that something went wrong with your podcast. The uh, second half uploaded before the first half. I'm like, what the hell happened? Sure enough, when I uploaded it, the second half was a slightly smaller file than the first half. And Anchor finished uploading the second half first. So it went into slot A, and then the ad break, and then slot B, instead of the right way. So if you downloaded, if you were like the 46th person to download the podcast, you didn't notice. If you were 1 through 45, which means you grabbed it as soon as it hit, thank you for being that person, by the way. But if you downloaded it right away, yeah, you you got an episode that started with the B block and ended with the A block. So I got a question. So like I, you know, I'm subscriber or whatever to our podcast, uh-huh. and so automatically downloads. So you had told me before I listened, and so I re-downloaded it. But if if it's an automatic download, would I have gotten the no? If you okay, had so it, it corrects if itself. You, yeah, if you had it, okay. So if you had it already, you had yeah. the broken one. Okay. If you delete it and re-download it. So what happens is Anchor is cooler than other podcast hosts. Right. Anchor generates your episode that you download on the fly as you download it. Okay. So there is no complete episode at Anchor of that podcast. Gotcha. It has segment A, the ad break, and segment B. And when you download it, it sticks them all together and sends you the file. Oh, that's which cool. Which is good for us because... If it right. needs to change the ad insert, it can do it on the fly and send you an ad that we make more money on. We don't gotcha. make a lot of money on the ads anyway. <laughs> yeah, so Rolling anyway, thank you very much to yeah. everyone that told us it was screwed up. and Because I had just gotten back from my run, and I'm, I'm sitting at Starbucks waiting for my breakfast, and my phone blows up. And I'm like, well, <laughs> what, what, what's wrong? What did I do? And it's like, yeah, your podcast is screwed up. And I downloaded, I played the episode I had on my phone. I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> I guess it had to happen eventually that I had to screw it up. But It makes sense, though. I get, I get how it happened, right? Cause yeah, it totally, uploads totally. uploads quicker. And, yeah. Yeah, it happens with uh, Instagram stories sometimes, too. They, it's it's very funny and, you say that because yeah. that's where it usually happens to right. me. If I do a multi-part story... That the tail end of it will go up first because right, it's the yeah. first part to finish. Yep. They don't – yeah, Instagram, for whatever reason, doesn't keep the sequence of uploads. It just keeps that you did an upload, and it's just like, oh, this is must be the next one in your story. <laughs> exactly. No, no dumbass. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ethan, what are you working on this week since we're doing formal <sighs> segments now? Yeah, what am I working on? That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> no big projects. I, well, so I'm working on my third YouTube video. Um, which will be Ooh. the uh, bent wood desk lamp that is kind of old. Again, I'm I'm kind of treating, and I do think it's true that the YouTube following is a little bit separated from the Instagram. There is some crossover, and I appreciate everyone that follows me on both. But I, I so hopefully that's the case. But I'm yeah I'm so I'm, I've got some backlog edits that I've been making. So I've I've been editing the bent wood desk lamp. Um, and so that's been taking a lot of time. It's amazing how much time it take, more time it takes to edit <laughs> videos for YouTube. It's amazing. But uh, so yeah, so that's been a priority. Um, I've and then other than that, I did a couple quick leather projects. I posted a couple of them, um, and I've 
done a, uh, you know, I've just been making a few others, and that's been really fun. It's been a little while since I've been doing any leather work just because of the challenge and everything. So it's been really, really fun to get back doing the leather work. Um, I made a uh, Apple pencil uh, holder um, that I made. I posted about before, but I made one for my uh, for my dad actually at the request of my mom because he keeps losing his Apple pencils. That's an um, expensive loss. Oh yeah, he, and, and he, <laughs> he 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 gets so mad at himself too. It's you know so yeah. So they're coming up for Thanksgiving, so uh, I made him one. Um, but yeah, so a lot of small things like that. I've got a couple other projects that are you know kind of a beginning stage but nothing big um and that's okay you know it's 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 fun to do some small things in between and but yeah i'm focusing on the on the videos and the youtube a little bit which is putting everything else uh you know a little bit on the side but i'll come back don't worry there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that i did like it's funny when you held up that piece of leather and you said does anyone know what this is and i Mm -hmm. i kind of thought i was like that looks like a tile yeah. Like, it no, looks th- like the right size for a tile. I had one person call it, and I'm, I'm going to find this while you're saying this, but I had one person actually guess it, and I was amazed. Yeah, uh, it's, 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 I was, I, I'm like, that could be a, t- I don't know what it is, but I didn't get why you had the hole in the middle. That was what threw me off, so. Well, and I, I like, didn't, I wasn't going to put it, then I realized you, it, you know, the tiles actually have a, you push them to do it. Oh, okay. And so it needed that, but also I thought, you know, it's a nice little it kind of tells you what it is. But my other favorite comment was someone commented, and if you watch the video, you can tell that it looks like I'm making like a leather Instagram because I have a little hole up in the <sighs> upper right-hand corner. Good one. Yeah, so someone else commented that, and I thought that was funny. So. A <laughs> leather Instagram. <laughs> so unnecessary, but it's fun. It, you know, it's just one of those things where, where you just have that craving to make something quickly. And I'm, well, I'm, I know you're the same way, Vince. And sometimes you just gotta, you just oh, want to yeah. make something from start to finish, get it done, just have fun. And that's exactly what it was. It's not needed. It's nothing revolutionary, but it's fun. Oh, that was so. You no, know, so I was watching before. The reason I was a couple of minutes late is I was watching um, Uncle Knacker's do DIY for Knuckleheads. One of mm-hmm. my, he's become my go-to channel. I love when he's on a roll and he uploads every week because I oh, love yeah. his videos so much. And this week he did two scrap wood Christmas projects. Oh, cool. And they were really, really cool. I've not seen those yet. Yeah, yeah, they're very good. They're both of them are very good projects. Uh, and I, one of the things he starts the video off by saying is, "Who likes you know an easy shop win? Right? You know something you can just go down to the shop and bang out and be done with." I'm like, "Yep, I sure do." So, <laughs> yeah, it's needed. You know, it's yeah, because a lot of times we get hung up on doing big and ambitious things, and sometimes. It, you know, it's okay to just go go to your shop or wherever it is you make, whatever it is you make, and have right. little, just have a little fun. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what we all do this for to begin with, right? It's Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. <laughs> well, I think that, again, with especially with the YouTube stuff, it's I, I feel like I'm trying to do bigger projects and longer format and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes I just... You know, I, I you almost lose lose sight of what why you like doing it, and that's important to kind of go back and just refresh. You know? Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree. So I've been yeah. Working, so what are you working on? Yeah. So check this out. So last week I mentioned that I was going to try some some new jewelry stuff, mm-hmm. some new and exciting jewelry stuff. Well, I also mentioned that business wasn't very good last <laughs> week. I guess somebody heard me because business picked up over the week. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I made one piece. Um, I made one piece for my my trainer friend who mm-hmm. is really into tiger eye. Which is beautiful. This, if you guys haven't seen it. Oh, uh, the, it's very cool. I, it's it's so she had sent me, she sent me a piece that um, 
she was like, can you make something like this? And it was um, Labradorite and a similar moon. And I was like, oh, I could totally make that. <laughs> but I know that she really likes Tiger Eye. So I'm like, I'm going to do, instead of Labradorite, I'm going to do this with Tiger Eye. So I made it with Tiger Eye. How would you describe it? Is it it's kind of like almost like a copper. I don't know. It's, it's, it's imagine, tone. you know what it's like? It's like if you took um, a glass ball and yep. filled it with gold paint. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's, yeah. Like a like a a Christmas snow globe, right? And you yeah. took that and you it's, melted it. Yeah. Okay. It's gorgeous. I mean, it is a gorgeous stone to begin with. Right. And in in its in a spherical form, it just the light picks up on it, and the clear parts of it they it shines through it a little bit. It's slightly translucent in some right. spots. It's just a wonderful stone, and it's beautiful. And there's a there's um it's for strength and you know if you're into crystals and gemology and stuff like that um it's supposed to be a strength crystal or a strength gem so i didn't i know i'd never known about any of that stuff until we went to sedona two summers ago Mm -hmm. and like sedona's huge on the crystals and all that Mm -hmm. stuff and it was amazing but even even whether you are into that stuff or not it is beautiful stuff, right? I mean, it's oh, just yeah. gorgeous, right? Well, that's that's the cool part. That's the cool part of what the kind of the stuff I'm making now. If you're into the meaning of the stones, mm-hmm. then it's like it has extra meaning. Right. But if you're not into it at all, you they're just really nice it. pieces. Right. Yeah. yeah so totally. she so she got one out of um she got one out of Tiger Eye. Mm-hmm. So I made this one and I I finished it fast. I was like, wow, this actually wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. It was just, obviously it's a lot of work, but it's not difficult work. And and that was I the fin- necklace, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, I have all these other beads and I have some silver moons. Let me um let me see if I can make another one. So I grabbed some purple jasper, which is another mm-hmm. another it's just Jasp there's so many different kinds of jasper. Jasper is basically what I think it is based on what I've seen. It's just a generic term for a semi-precious dyed, sometimes dyed, sometimes not, colorful stone. Okay. So I made another one out of purple jasper and then from the moon instead of hanging another stone, I hung a a small hamza. Oh yeah, okay. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, all right. I'm okay. pick, I know exactly. Yep. That was the plan. But mm-hmm. before I did the plan, I literally posted the moon, the silver moon, and then the pin with the three jasper beads on it. And I said, you know what? This is going to go up in the store soon. You know, you keep an eye on Let me know if you, you're interested. Two people. <laughs> two people. Remember, it's not done. Two people got in touch with me and were like, I want that. That's awesome. I actually had to make two of them so that people could get them. So these are a thing now. Right. Where I'm, I'm going to have to make a couple of different ones and put them up in the store, but I had no idea that this was going to be. This was something I just wanted to make, and people liked them, so well, that's what it, I worked on. And as we've said many times, it's like, you know, you're doing uh, whatever you're doing, you know, the resin pendants and stuff like that, and you're like, but you got to find the next thing, right? Because that's yeah. going to die down, which it did, right? Uh-huh. It did kind of die, um, and it's not dead, but it it slowed down, and so. This is the next thing, and that's why you got to keep exploring. And they're not all going to be hits, but nope. but you got to keep keep trying, and uh, and something's going to click. And this, you know, it obviously it, did. So this might click. And now right. now I've started making I've started making bracelets. Oh, cool! Because it was something I remember. I think I mentioned it here last week that I wanted to start yep. making bracelets. So instead of doing them the traditional knotted way, I realized that a lot of people just don't do them that mm-hmm. way. 
And I'm like, well, why am I going to handicap myself trying to make them that way? That's right. a very difficult process that really most people don't care about. They want the stone. So I made myself a lapis lazuli um, bracelet just to, just to make my first bracelet. Right. So I got this really cool stuff. And this is um, a product that they sell at Michael's. It's called Stretch Magic. And it's this cord that you can stretch it almost five times its length before it snaps. Wow. And I'm, I'm in love with this stuff because it's great for making bracelets. And oh, yeah. I have figured out something that no one, and this is, here you go. Here's a tip, guys. <laughs> if you're going to string beads, there's a lot of ways to do it. There's a lot of people have made jigs and devices and whatever to string beads. I am going to tell you how you string beads. You ready? Get yourself on Amazon. Go on Amazon. Get yourself some hemostats. Hemostats are what they use during surgery to clamp a vein um, or an artery before they cut. And the idea is that they clamp it down completely so that the artery doesn't squirt blood. Okay. okay. Get yourself like five of them because they're the most useful thing you're ever going to put in your shop. I, I, use gotta, them. I, I can't picture this. I gotta, I'm going to have to look it up. They're like a pair of scissors, yep. but they have a ratcheting mechanism that locks them closed. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, so I'm with you now. Yeah. I, yeah, so I have a pair of these. I have a bunch of pairs of these, and I clamp down on the wire, and it stays put. And now I can just drop beads on it like crazy, and then when I'm done, I can start tying the knot, then pull the hemostat off and finish tying the knot. Boom. See, that's so funny. So there's a store. Uh, so we have uh, my parents have a place, uh, cottage up in New Hampshire, and there's a antique store that's kind of antique boutique kind of place. It's a little bit of each you know it's not really antique it's not really boutique it's a little crossover and they had this bin of all these old um surgical tools which mm -hmm. is a little gross right <laughs> like, a little it, it, it kind of creeped me out but i started going through them and they had some really really like really good tweezers like mm -hmm. um that just work really really well so i got a couple of those because you know you you need those every so often mm -hmm. just to put something in place but they also had these and it, it might be what you're talking about these it almost like scissor, like the handle part is like scissors. Uh-huh. And then the tip is almost like a needle nose plier type That's thing. That's okay. them. Yep. But, but it locks. It, it it locks in place. So you clamp it and it locks and it holds it. But mm -hmm. it's easy to pop off again too. Yep. They are okay. the greatest things ever. So what I start... That's what awesome. I, I was sitting here. I was sitting here when I made the first one on Saturday and I'm like, how the hell do I stop the beads? Like, I don't want to just tie a gigantic knot in the end of the string or the cord because that tends to make it really difficult to string the beads. And what I figured out was, hey, if you clamp a hemostat on the end of it, those beads ain't going nowhere and neither is the hemostat. Plus it gives... It keeps it in place because the hemostat has a, it's steel, so it has a little bit of weight to it. So you're, it doesn't drag around your table as you're trying to do it. It was the greatest idea I've ever had. I was so proud of myself, and it worked so well. So I made my first one, and then I made the final one for my trainer friend. Um, this morning, actually, I made a tiger eye, a solid tiger eye, just all tiger eye beads. That's awesome. So it's like a tiger tiger eye set? Yep. it's a she, So she's getting... Um, I'm going to actually see her tomorrow. We're hanging out tomorrow night. Um, so she's getting a a tiger eye set of earrings. Well, you saw the earrings. I made oh, those yeah. a couple yep. of weeks ago. She's getting the tiger eye necklace, and she's getting the tiger eye bracelet. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'm hoping. I'm hoping. She's starting to work on her yoga certifications. So I'm oh, yeah, hoping yeah, that, I saw so that. her yeah, students... Yes, yeah. yeah, so I'm hoping her students... Well, uh, when she starts teaching, oh. we'll start seeing her stuff and be like, yeah. Absolutely. I know, and I know a guy, and he makes really cool stuff, so. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've i done yoga once in my life. Uh, Bettina <laughs> is, 
uh, she was very into it. She doesn't do as much anymore, but she's very into yoga and stuff like that. So she's all connected with all the yoga studios in our area. And I went once with her and, and it's, but yeah, I could totally see all your stuff in the lobby of the yoga, <gasps> the yoga studio. Dude, that was her idea. She's yeah, like, she's like, totally. is, you need to get your stuff into yoga studios. And I'm like, that's genius. You know what you need to do? You need to figure out a way to display them, a cool way to display them. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to make something to yeah, display totally. them. Um and maybe I was I was thinking for the for the bracelets, for the Mala bracelets. Because I learned by the way that Malas don't have to have a multiple of hundred and eight or a divisor of hundred and eight. So hmm. you can make a mala with my mine, my lapis lazuli one has thirty two beads on it, because that's how many I needed to make it fit around my wrist. Um I I think if I could make leather pouches Oh yeah. For the mala bracelets for or the the full size malas because those are 108 beads. They're big. But if I can make a leather carrying case and you can carry it to yoga with your mat in your mat bag, oh I will be I yeah. will be the hit of the party. Oh get that leather work on. Yeah, I'm you know, I'm gonna I'm totally <laughs> ho- you know, this might be um the commercial product that we need to collaborate on. Let's I'll do make, it. I'll make the malas, and you make the cases for them, and we will make a lot of money. See? Sparking collaborations and ideas. Look at right that. Right here. We, we still have to make the stuff for the giveaway and do the actual giveaway. <laughs> yeah. We need, we, do, we need to do that, yeah. We do need to do it. It'd be nice to do it before Christmas. That yeah, would be great. That, that, that should be our goal. Before Christmas, we're going to do it. Goals? What? Ethan? We what are going to talk about goals today. Look at that. <laughs> You're like a pro. So we actually had the feedback segment first, but maybe we'll do the Q&A first. And then Let's do, do the it. feedback and the reviews afterwards. Cool. So Q&A, we have, since we knew we were going to be alone today, we're going to do, uh, we're going to do a Q&A today. Uh, what the hell is going on with Todoist? It's not. Oh, what is that? Oh, okay. Whew. All right. Yeah. Q&A. <laughs> <laughs> So the first one we got is from Aunt Pruitt, our good friend of the show, who really liked our shout-out last week because we shouted him out about the, um, the, le- the leash from yep. um, uh, Peak, Pro- Peak Design. That's what yep. it was. And he asks, if, if, there, if, it was one, if there were one thing you could add to your maker product line, what would it be and why? Ooh. Oh, boy. I didn't see that one. Oof. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a rough one. I can actually... I actually know the. I have an answer, so Wait, I'll go say, first. So say it one more time. Sorry. Okay. If it were, if there were one thing you could add to your maker product line, what would it be and why? So like, what would what would our offerings yeah, be? If you want, yeah. If you want to add some, if you were to add a new product to your product line, what would you add? Okay. Yep. Okay. So I know what I'm going to add because I I saw it today. There's a guy, and of course I didn't prepare to say whatever. I don't remember his name. I'm an idiot. Um, he does a lot of CNC-related videos for Carbide3D, who makes the Shape Oko and the Nomad. Um, oh, man. And I bet you, uh, Ethan, I'll bet you even know who it is, and I can't remember. Oh, so it's Shabaka. Uh, sh- uh, yes, I know the... Uh, the um, we all know the guy. I, ca- I can see yeah, his face. I just can't remember his name. I'm blanking was, on it, too. And everyone's uh, screaming at their radios yep, right now. They're hitting their radios, and yeah. So I'll tell you what. If you're screaming at your radio, go to becausewemake.com. <laughs> go to the contact section and tell me you were screaming at your radio for um, the, the answer to this question, which I'm going <laughs> to know as soon as Ethan starts talking because I'm going to Google it. But anyway, he did something absolutely crazy that I've wanted to do. I've always thought that when you wanted to work with sterling silver, you had to forge it or cast it. Well, he did it with the CNC. And it blew my freaking mind. He did a whole nameplate piece on a shape oka on a um a nomad three D from Carbide 
which is a $2,500 CNC that's about the size of a 3D printer. And he machined sterling silver with it. That's crazy. I am I'm all about it now. I am all about it now. It's like... I, that's what I would add. So I've I've wanted to dabble in precious metals because I don't really do any precious metal stuff. The stuff I do is usually plated brass or plated steel or even the most precious metal that you'll ever get from anything I make right now is copper. So, um, yeah, I would add more precious metals to my repertoire. And I think that after Christmas, I'm going to invest in a nomad and start doing stain, um, sterling. Oh, excuse me. Sterling silver. I like it. Yeah. yeah. So the so the owner of uh, Shapoke, why can't I say that tonight? <laughs> but is Ed Ford, right? Is, is the owner and uh, originator of that, and he was on. Um, we don't need to get into it now, but he's uh, he was one of the three that was on the If You Build It podcast, which is actually what got me started on Instagram. So. Oh wow. Yep. Oh, there you so go. I, owe, I owe him and uh, and Mikey the Maker and Kyle Stumpenhorst uh, of RR Buildings. Uh, they were the ones that got me motivated to get uh, on Instagram and join this community. So it shout is, out. It is insane when you think about it, how somebody can motivate you and like not know it. And you're not really connected to them except no, not at all. It's unbelievable. Yeah, no, I, I've told to this story me. many, many times, and and it, it was a little bit of a the right place at the right time kind of thing. But yeah, I still, I mean, I I feel like I owe them a lot because I I dragged my feet forever, and I listened to their podcast, and it motivated me, and and then a year, two years, a year and a half, two years later, here I am. So you are famous, <laughs> right? You're a YouTube celebrity. <laughs> You have, a be- you have a bigger YouTube channel than me. You're bigger than the podcast. One day, you're just going to outgrow all this crap. And not you're a chance. Move not on. a chance. Winston okay. Moy, by the way, is the guy from Shape, from um, the guy okay, from gotcha. Carbide 3D. Winston Moy. Winston so Moy, he, okay. He actually did, and it was in his Instagram story today, Monday the 18th. So I don't know how, if he's doing a video. I'm assuming there's going to be a video forthcoming. Uh, but it's just like, wait, you did Sterling Silver? And he did it with a CNC. I could not believe it. I didn't That's even so know cool. that was possible. And now my head is like, dude, you know what you need to do now. <laughs> well, you probably hadn't really thought about how you could use a CNC for what you like to do before that, right? I mean, no, I everyone mean, can I... use a CNC and everyone can use a laser. Everyone can use all these things. But finding the, how you could use it for what you do. Yeah. Right? And, that, and that was one of the reasons where um, Bruce from... Um, Bruce from the uh, We Built a Thing podcast, Bruce Ulrich, he actually bought my old um, oh, did he? Okay. X-Carve, yeah, because I, I didn't ever finish putting it together, and I didn't see the need to finish putting it right, together. Right, because you didn't have a use for it, right? I don't have a use for it anymore. Right. It's not, you know, the laser does what I needed the CNC yep. to do. Um, the laser worked out of the box. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, I'm a little bit spoiled, but. <laughs> <sighs> cool. So, um, what about oh, yeah. you? What would you add to your product line, Ethan? Well, I'm trying to think. I hadn't thought about this ahead of time. But, well, all right, here's something that I've been thinking about and wanting to do for a while is I hate tool belts, okay? <laughs> I hate tool belts. I'm also not a fan of the aprons, the leather I aprons love, or I love whatever. my apron. I yeah, no, and I, and I totally <laughs> understand why people like them. I, I do. For me, I just it's it's bulky or something. It just gets in my way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I've just always had this like love hate thing with with tool belts and that kind of thing. So I've always wanted to figure out a minimalist tool belt or some kind of 
way of keeping just what I need. Not a, not everything, but you know, a measuring tool, a, pe a pencil, a picka, um, you know, just a couple of the things that I always need for any project. Some way to keep them on my body without getting in my way. So okay. I would love to figure out a way to make a cool, low-profile leather storage thing that goes somewhere on your body that is mm -hmm. not obtrusive. Okay, so does that make sense? Uh, uh, like, um, so you know what it reminds you know what it reminds me of? Uh, my dad, my dad when I was a little kid, um, he used to he used to get these things from the lumber yard. Um, they would give them away when you bought lumber. Okay. And they were like a canvas, almost like um, almost like a half apron, but they, okay. they were folded back over themselves to make a pouch, and they were for keeping like your nails and your screws and stuff when you were on a ladder. So they would just hang in front of you, and they would be a pouch. Kind of like you, a fanny pack? Almost like a fanny pack. Okay. But yeah, but they were very, very flat, and you would just tie them around your waist, and then they would sit in the front. They were made of canvas. And you just throw your screws and nails or whatever in them. And then when you go up on the ladder, they were in a pouch in front of you and you can just right. use them. And I'm thinking that's kind of what you might be looking for. Yeah. Just something very, very, very simple like that. Because it was literally just a piece of canvas folded over itself, stitched with one big pocket and one small pocket, and then a piece of canvas to make a belt out of it. That was it. Yeah, I think, I mean, exactly. That's the definitely the idea that I'm wanting. It's not something, it's not something that's going to carry all of your tools. It's not going to mm -hmm. carry your... Even a measuring tape, I don't, I, like, I don't even think I want a measuring tape as part of this. I, I just want my pencil my and, like, a quick, you know, square or something like that. So mm -hmm. I've been talking about talking with a couple different people and stuff like that. So that's something I want to make. We're still prototyping it. Uh, it's definitely not, not finished at all. But that would be something I think would resonate with a lot of people, and I would like to add that to my... That's not a bad. That's not a bad idea. That's something I could actually see myself having use for. I just sent you, by the way, in on Telegram, um, Carhartt's version of what I was telling you. Okay. Um, this is like obviously it's waxed canvas. It's much nicer than a, you know. It's oh much yeah, yeah. Nicer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. like a, it's like a, like a cool fanny pack. <laughs> uh huh. Basically, yeah. It, it's it. They're so useful. I I just remember my dad always had them, and they always had the. They had um. When I grew up, I grew up in Canarsie, Brooklyn, everybody. Big ups, big ups. Um, <laughs> but Canarsie, it's a Canarsie lumber on them. They all said Canarsie lumber in big red letters on them. And I just can see them in my head. My dad always, every yeah. no matter what, he always had one on when he was doing anything in his shop. So, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a good product. I like that. Yeah, I th well, we'll see. We'll see. But I, th it's something more that even if no one wants it other than me, I'll be happy because it's something <laughs> I really want, so... <laughs> uh, Bear Make It asked us, "What's on your Maker Holiday wish list?" Uh, that's a good one. I, so does that I, mean I like that what? What would we? What do we want for yeah. Christmas? Basically? I'm assuming what do we want? For, I'm taking it to mean what do we want for Christmas? Okay, go for it. I, I know what I want. I want a lathe. Oh yeah, I, I want a lathe. I, I want you to. I want a lathe for you. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like if I had like um a mid lathe, not mm -hmm. even or. Maybe the Harbor Freight, the small metal lathe that they sell that Patrick oh, yeah. Adair uses. Yeah. Um, I, I think I could get a lot of use out of that. I really Yeah, do. I could see I, that. You don't need probably the big one. Like I don't. I don't no. need like a Peter Brown type lathe. No. I need more I of um, a yeah. Yeah, bench top, a smaller one. But I'm thinking that the metal one that Harbor Freight sells, because that's, like I said, Patrick Adair uses that. And yeah. I could see myself using that to make rings. 
Yeah, totally. And um, I'm, I'm very close, by the way, to pulling the trigger on it because it's only $700. It's not an expensive tool. Right. It's one that I know will pay itself back very, very quickly. Yeah, I feel like that would be a tool that you could definitely monetize into oh, products yeah. really quickly. So I'm basically just going to wait because right around Black Friday, Harbor Freight, and everybody that shops at Harbor Freight knows this, but right around Black Friday, every once in a while you'll get a 40% coupon. <laughs> and it's a Chicago electric lathe. Right. So it's their house brand. It's total, So 40% off a $700 lathe, we're talking that lathe is going to be $450. Right. I, how do you not buy it? Right. That, and I know that you could get a jet, like a mid-wood lathe for that, but a wood lathe would be very limiting for me. Yeah. No, you, wanna, you want more options for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I can, and I, can do me- I can do wood or metal with the metal lathe, but I can only do wood and maybe aluminum with the wood lathe. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, so that's what I want. I want a lathe. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah. You know what it is for me? It's... Uh, it's going to be a little general, but I just want I, I want to upgrade all my leatherworking tools. Ooh. I'm still using like the, the Amazon pricking irons, the Amazon mallet, all that stuff. I'm still oh using my. all the stuff I got at the very very beginning, um, which is silly because I've bought a lot of other more expensive tools since then, and I do way more leather work than than I do other things. So yeah, so I, I really want some good pricking irons. I want you know. I just want better leather working tools. Do you do you feel like you've outgrown them or do you feel like it's just time for you to get the tools to make you feel like it's more serious? Like what what's your uh, yeah, motivation? That's a good question. No, that's a good question. I um I don't think I've outgrown them because I I see myself as a leather worker as I'm never going to be the little king goods guy. Like I'm never going to be the really really fine leatherworking that's you know i'm high-end leatherworking thing i think what i like to do or at least and maybe i will but what i'm more focused on or more excited about is incorporating leather into other things and i think mm. that makes sense i mean i think that's shows through with the type of products uh, uh projects i've done right oh 100 so i don't need the highest end things to make the highest end products but i do think i'm at the point now where I've been, I've done it enough. It's clearly something I'm into that it makes sense to upgrade to products that will one make me more efficient and two make a better end result, right? Okay. So I think I could. I don't think I've outgrown them because I could do the type of leather work that I want to do with what I have, and that's just fifteen dollar pricking irons off of Amazon. Like that's mm-hmm. what I'm still using, and it gets me decent to you know a little bit above decent quality and results but it's it's not as easy to use the uh, the consistency is not as good it's not as ple- you know it's not as fun to use them so i have an analogy for you okay it's a 10 mile race yep you've gone nine miles and you can't go further right yeah. that extra mile is now not anything that's in your control it's the equipment yeah and no. you, you just it's not going to make you a completely different leather worker nor it's just going to give you it the, right. it's just going to give you that little bit of a bump yeah to make you to put you over the mark yeah like you, yeah that's got to be what it is yeah, I, 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 think get that. I think that's right yeah i i haven't upgraded it's really funny i haven't actually upgraded any of the tools in my shop since i set up my shop yeah not a single solitary one every tool oh no that's not true the miter saw that i have now is an upgraded miter saw Okay. But it was I'm we're talking upgrade, right? It's a it's a ten inch 
um, Ryobi sliding miter saw. Right. So we're not talking about we're not talking about like a, I went from like you know a Hitachi to a Capex. We're right. talking right. like. I went from something that was cheap to something that was just as cheap, just a little more functional. Yeah, yeah. And that's the only tool I've upgraded, though. I've never felt like anything in my shop has held me back. Right. However, up here in my office where my jewelry stuff is, I'm constantly buying new tools. Yeah. Like better tweezers, better better pliers, better mm-hmm. everything, because this is where I notice the quality of tools more. Right. If I have a crap pair of tweezers that doesn't close at the end, and by the way, you'd be amazed how many tweezers you buy, high-end tweezers that are $20, $30 a pair. And they're crap. And they don't close. Yes. Uh, no, I, I know. I can't even fathom who sells tweezers that don't close. A lot of people. But that, that's why, like, back to the surgical tools that I use, that's why I was so excited about these, because they were... So I think I bought them for like 50 cents because they it was just a big bin of these yeah. things. But they're probably the best tweezers I've ever used. Uh-huh. I, you know what the best tweezers... I'm going to tell you. I'm going to crazy thing. You know what the best tweezers I've ever used are? The ones that Cricut makes. Oh, yeah. It, actually, yes. Those they are, are good. I have those. phenomenally good, good yeah. tweezers. Mm-hmm. Phenomenally good tweezers. They close. Yeah. They, they give you four different kinds of tweezers in the package. It's $37 for these four tweezers. But you know what? They are literally the best tweezers. In fact, the beading tweezers that I bought okay. were a very bad investment. So I'm pretty much at the point where the next, probably next weekend, when I go to uh, Michael's, because I go to Michael's every freaking weekend, <laughs> um, I'm probably going to get myself a set, another set of the Cricut tweezers so that I don't use my vinyl working ones with my jewelry making. I like to have my tools segregated, which I don't know if you do this because you do wood and leather. I have tools that would work really well for when I work with vinyl and then mm-hmm. work really well for when I work with jewelry and then work really well in my shop downstairs. I will buy the same tool three times so that I don't cross-contaminate like these. No, I, I mean, I don't know if I do it as much as I should, but I totally agree. I totally subscribe to that mindset because I think that is really important. It is, right? Like, yeah. I'm not crazy yeah. in doing no, this. Absolutely not. Well, I think the other thing, too, and we talked about it a couple weeks ago, too, is it's important because keeping things clean like one of my issues right now is doing the leather work in my other in my shop it, it, it's dirty there's like whatever it is there's some stain residue somewhere and i hit it with the leather and now my leather is stained with this stain and i'm i i can't I do anything a, about it you know what I, I mean? i have a teal one of my leather infinity bracelets i have one that's teal yeah and i didn't realize i grabbed the wrong dauber and on the inside of the teal is purple dye in, on the inside where the suede side is, it's purple dye because I used the same dauber because I wasn't paying attention. And there's and no way like, to fix that. Nah, you're done. It's, you're done. It, you, exactly. You're done. It's, it's, purple and, it's purple and teal now. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Now you know what we, what we want for Christmas. If you guys want to buy us anything, that's fine. Yeah, you know, hey, I would highly recommend, you know, this, since we are your favorite podcast and we don't ask for money. We will accept gifts. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, we're going to take a quick break because we still have plenty more on the, on the list. But um, I'm going to take a quick break, go out to our little uh, sponsor break, and then we'll come back and we'll continue with the Q&A. We got, some, we got a review this week, and we got some feedback on stuff we said on prior episodes. So we'll be back in a sec. Okay, next question. Uh, 
when one is getting into the trade of luxury coffee table creation, what is the best way to source exotic new looks even crazier than Live Edge or River something or other? Thank you, David. <laughs> I, lo- I-, I love our listeners. David, that's from David Swiduck, Adventures in Creativity and Digital Soup. One of my, one of my favorite people on this wretched earth. Yep. Um, yeah, I know he's I know he's being facetious, but there's actually a really good question. In it there. is, yeah, actually. I, um, yeah. Where do you get the new looks that you're going to work from? That's a good question, especially for someone like me who's always trying to stay ahead of the curve at least right. a little bit with jewelry, because jewelry is jewelry is very fashion dependent. Like you got to know what people are looking for before they know they want it. Right. Well, and, I think that's the same with a lot of things. Yeah. So for me, for me, as far as what I look for in jewelry, right? I follow a lot of jewelry accounts on Instagram and on Twitter. And I'm not going to lie. There are some times where I love these people and I will just literally just steal their ideas. Right. The truth of the matter is that that's what everyone does, right? I will always give credit if someone says, where'd you get the idea? I did not get this idea on my own. But there's mm-hmm. only so many ways you can do a certain thing. But what will happen is you take the idea and you start working on it, but then something crazy will happen. And that crazy thing is after you've made it their way for a while, mm-hmm. you come up with your own way. So you have to start somewhere. And my way of starting somewhere is I make it the way somebody else makes it. Um, in fact, I'm going to see one, my best friend on Thursday. Um, I have to finish installing a shelf in her closet. And she gets um, a certain thing that I'm intending to make and starting to make. She gets them from somebody else. And I told her today, I said, when, when I come, can you have a couple of them out? Because I just want to look at them. She goes, <laughs> you mean steal the ideas? I'm like, no. Never. All right. Yeah. 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 I do mean steal the ideas. But I just want to see because when you're self-taught, right. you, you kind of all you can do is steal ideas. There's no other way to go about it. It sounds it sounds horrible. Right. But it's just the way it is. If you're well, self-taught, like I'm learning how to do all this beating stuff on my own. Right. The only way I can learn how to do it is to see someone else that's done it and go, oh, OK, I got it. I bought a tool. I'll give you a perfect example. I bought a tool for making knots in silk thread. A tool. Okay. There's a tool for this. It's a $35 tool. I have this tool sitting on my desk right now. I cannot figure out how to use it. <laughs> and I'm like, I really wish I just knew someone that did this along with me that they could just sit down with me and show me how to use this damn thing. Mm-hmm. And I've watched three YouTube videos, plus the, read the instruction manual, plus I watched a video from Fire Mountain Gems, who was one of my picks of the week last week. Yep. And I still have no idea how to use this tool. <laughs> no clue. No clue. So... Yeah, that's how I get exotic new looks, Dave. I steal them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, let me think. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how I would, how I want to phrase this. So, I don't know if I've successfully done this. So, let's let's just put that out there. But what I think about when I look at when I ch- am trying to come up with a unique or a new design, one of the things I always try to do is I try to look at what the piece is so if i'm looking at a river table right and all right this is a good example it's not my idea but someone else thought about it first but river tables right you're looking at river tables and they're huge huge hit everyone loves them right so and what they consist of are two live edge boards with the live edge on the inside and you put you know put something in the middle right um so you look at that and what i always try to do is how do i do that but in a different, completely different way? Or how do I flip that and do a 100% uh, 
180. And so people have done this. So this is an example of something others have done. But this is how I try to look at things is, so someone looked at that and said, all right, that's the river table. That's the formula for a river table. What if we flip it on itself and say, okay, everyone's doing this where the two pieces of live edges are on each side. What if I put the live edge in the middle and do the epoxy or whatever on each side of it and make that the river table, make the wood the river instead of making the epoxy the river. And I think that's a really, that's a simple way of putting it, but I think that's a really good design creativity uh, exercise to do is take something that everyone knows and flip it, reverse it, or something yeah. like that, right? Well, so John Malecki, John Malecki, the first video I watched of his, I'm pretty sure it was the first video I watched of his, when he did that reverse, remember he did the river yeah. table, but he did it with glass? Yep. And well, actually, did, that the original original river table was glass. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like so, that, I, I can't. The guy that you know uh, copyrighted yes, it. Everybody, everybody but, knows his name, but nobody remembers it. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but you're right though. He was he came out with it when everyone else was doing resin. Yep, and his was so much nicer and so much cleaner. So much cleaner. And and you, Johnny Brook. I I actually told Johnny Brook this one time. I said you're the one person on in the makerspace that when you say you're going to do a river anything i'll still right. watch it yeah because i know you're going to do something different and he right. did that led headboard river yes. headboard yep and it was one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen and i'm like i hate river everything but yep. this is gorgeous <laughs> yeah no absolutely and I, I i just think that as a mindset is a good way of doing it is how do i take something that's really popular or really you know trendy and just take it just how do I make it a different twist? Mm -hmm. And it could be way out there, but that's how good design ideas come, right? Yep. And by the way, David, there you go. Now you got a serious answer to your joke question. So <laughs> that's how good we are as broadcasters. <laughs> uh, next, the next question is also from David. He said, "Serious, serious question though." And this is this is this is going to go deep, which is why I saved it for after the break. <laughs> um, aside from the client orders driving goals, how do the two how do the two of you approach setting goals for yourselves? Not specifically sales numbers, but growth, skill, knowledge, type of personal goals, etc. Okay, this is a very interesting one because we mm -hmm. actually had a very similar question sitting in our to do list mm -hmm. for this show, uh, probably now for about three months. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I think it actually we put it on the list before we went on hiatus. I think so, yeah. I think it so might, It's yeah. been there for a long freaking time, and we've never really tackled this question. I'm just going to tell you straight out, bottom line, I don't really set goals for myself. Um, I, know that's, I know that's a bad thing to say. I know no, I don't think it is. No, yeah, don't, I, I, don't, I, don't I say tend, that. I know that in this space, if you don't have goals of some kind, people look at it like, what are you doing? You don't have a direction. Here's the thing. I don't feel like I need that. I feel like I'm going I've, – I've gone so far from where I thought my making um, interests were going to take me that the idea of having a goal just seems almost limiting to me. Like to say I want to end up at this spot doesn't seem like something that I, I want to do anymore. And now I'm at a point where I want to just make cool stuff. And if making cool stuff today is jewelry, then that's what I want to do today. And if making cool stuff is crazy cutting boards, then that's what I want to do tomorrow. And if it's coffee tables a couple of days from now, then I want to make lots and lots of coffee tables. But I don't, I don't 
as far as knowledge and skills, I am learning new skills. I don't have a personal roadmap for the skills I want to learn. But I mean, just now, just this week, I started learning how to make beaded stuff, right? Now, I know that beading isn't a very advanced thing that, like, you know, you can't learn it. Oh, my God, how are you going to learn beading? What's every, you know, everyone that goes to Michael's and stands in that section knows how to do what I'm learning how to do. I wanted to learn it because I felt like it was a skill that would give me the ability to offer a new product to to my customers, something that would give me a way to express. I, I don't want to say express myself because that's just so cheap, but just a way to express my creativity in a way I hadn't before. And people seem to be responding to it. And, you know, seeing beautiful things makes people happy. And I like making people happy. So for me, what drives me isn't an end result. I don't say I want to go out and hit this mark. I just want to go, oh, that looks interesting. I'm going to attempt that. I have all the stuff to make soap sitting on my desk right now, right? I haven't gotten around to actually making any soap yet, but I know that when I want to sit down and learn how to make soap, I have everything I need. I can go there and start making soap immediately because it's something that's interesting to me. It's something that I can just say, oh, it's time to learn a new skill today. Let's learn that skill today. And that's pretty much how I approach it. That's amazing. That, like, my answer is going to be very, very similar um, to that. So, all right. So here's how I feel about goals. I, I really, I do like goals. But the reason I like them is I think it helps prioritize and, uh, and focus your path. But that's all they should be, right? So I, I, I feel like goals can be very limiting and and very discouraging if you set them and really really are focused on achieving that specific goal i think it's helpful to kind of map out where you want to go what you want to do what's the next thing and prioritize too because you can't do everything at once so i think Mm -hmm. there is some value to goals in terms of laying out your roadmap of what you'd like to achieve or what you'd like to become better at all those things but if you set goals and you're really, really focused on hitting those goals, you're going to miss out on those opportunities that come up just out of, out of nowhere, right? If you, if you are so focused on that one goal and achieving that one goal, you're going to miss out on something that will be way more, that will pay way more dividends. Yep. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah, totally. Because it puts it basically puts blinders on you, and exactly for for some. And look, if you're one of the people that it doesn't good on you, but right. you're not you're not typical if you are, because most people see when you have a goal and you know that it's over there, you're looking over there. You're not looking to your left and your right. You're looking straight ahead toward your goal. Right. And sometimes the stuff on your periphery is what's actually more interesting. It's okay to take a detour, but if you're really goal-oriented, and this is why I'm not a really goal-oriented person. Yeah. I have general goals, but I don't have – I try not to have goals that are too specific because if I focus too much on the specific goal, I'm going to miss out all the cool stuff I could have been doing along the way to yeah. that goal. Well, and I, and I feel like I get, I get discouraged if I didn't hit those goals, and that's the wrong attitude because most of the time it's not because I, I, I shouldn't have hit that goal because something else came up that was going to move me uh, forward quicker, right? Yeah. And if I had focused on that one goal, I would have, you know, I would have, I don't know. 
I'm, I can tell you, I can give you a great example of this. I can give you the best example of this, and you're just going to go, yep, that's it right there. <laughs> so I had, a, I had a client. I had a client who was going to be a very large potential client for me. They wanted me to do um, closing gifts for them, and I was expecting this to be my big thing. Like, I was ready to quit the day job, and I was just going to start making closing gifts. They bought one order from me. It was mm-hmm. a big order, and they spent a lot of money. And it was the only order they made. Now, had I geared up right. to produce the level that I thought this was going to be, that was my goal, right? I was right. going to use this to fund everything. I was going to quit my day job. And- yep, everything. Imagine. I would have just, it would have just fell apart. And right. what would have happened? I wouldn't have hit the goal. But not only would I not have hit the goal, but then all the stuff that I've learned. Right. I wouldn't have, I would have been constantly focused on gearing that up. Now, that doesn't mean that I couldn't have found another client and sold the stuff to them. Maybe I could have. Maybe I could right. have. But I know that I wouldn't have been doing what I'm doing now. Yep. And to me, I would have missed out on just so much stuff that I'm just like, wow, this is. I really dig what I'm doing now. I really do. I dig it. I enjoy I enjoy going down to my shop to do stuff, but I also enjoy sitting up ma- up here making jewelry. Right. I love making jewelry. Jewelry has making jewelry has brought me a level of joy that nothing I've ever done in making has brought me. No, I and I think uh, so yeah, I think th- for me big uh, you know, takeaways are I I'm a big fan of big goals broad not very specific goals because i think that does help you kind of focus where you're where you're headed right so a big goal for me was i want to i want to be part of the commu- the maker community i want to be very really engaged i want to learn from everyone else and i and i want to give back that was kind of that's how i went into this whole thing right and that's mm-hmm. super cheesy all of that, right? But that's really what I went into it being. And so did that mean day one I was like, I want I want to grow my Instagram to, you know, to 3,000 followers and then I want to start my YouTube channel? Like, no, that wasn't what it was. It was more of I just want to, I want to do what I like to do, which is make things. I want to learn from, from everyone around me and I want to, I want to hopefully inspire some people to try new things and learn from what I'm doing. And that's what I wanted. And it ended up being Instagram for a year and a half. Now I'm hopefully getting into YouTube. Like, but it wasn't, I, I need a YouTube channel by this date. I need right. this many YouTube uh, subscribers by this date. If I, if I don't hit that, I'm giving up on YouTube. If I don't hit that, I'm giving up on Instagram. I'm going back in my cave. You know, like that's exactly, exactly. No, that's that's exactly de- right. debilitating. If you set goals that you that aren't really in your control, it's it's discouraging. I don't know. Now here comes here comes here comes a corollary that literally contradicts everything we both said. Yeah, that doesn't, mean, <laughs> that doesn't mean don't have goals. No, absolutely. No, I'm yeah. But don't limit everything you do to your goals. Yeah, exactly. Because you will miss out on more than you accomplish. Right. I feel I really do feel like if you're yep. if you're that goal focused, you you could you may make great things, you may do wonderful things, but you're probably going to miss as many things as you get done. So. Right. Yeah. I guess like to-do lists and goals to me are very different things and I don't think they oh, they are from some people, right? Like to-do lists are things that you need to check off. Mm-hmm. Right? And you cross them off. To me, goals should not be part of your to-do list. 
No, they should just be. They should be the principles. Right, the principle. Exactly. Yeah, yep. that's that's what goals should uh, to me, yeah. and that's that's kind of how I look at goals too, right? Like, so I was talking today. I was talking to my wife before we um, before we recorded, and I was talking about running, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I can't believe I hit a ten minute mile." I said, "So I'm setting a goal for myself. I want to have an eight minute mile by the end of the spring and a six minute mile by the end of the summer." And I was like, "Wow, that's like those are hard. That's a that's a right. firm, specific goal, right? Right. But here's here's the thing, I'm not so focused on hitting that goal where I don't recognize the fact that okay, if I don't hit a, right. a six minute mile by the end of the summer, you're going to give up mean on I running. Failed. No, I'm going right. to keep running. Like my goal, my other goals, like I have a lot of goals. I want to finish a half next year, which I think I could probably do. I don't think that's too long. No, I don't goal. think that's right." But then within two years, I want to do the New York City Marathon. Yes. And that's a, that's a lofty goal. Like I, that's, but it's supposed to be. It's right. supposed to be aspir- – I, I set goals yeah. for myself that are aspirational more than realistic. To drive you to be better, not – Right. I need and them if you to don't achieve a, it, even – so even if you become better because you've set that goal – that's exactly right and that's what's going to happen right the worst case scenario is i'm never in a condition that i can run a marathon right where do i end up i may end up in a condition where i can run a half every other week or a 10k right or 10 yeah or 10k right a 10k you know i'm i'm looking at my first 5k december 8th which is what two weeks two and a half weeks away now three weeks away crazy that's kind of crazy right but I couldn't walk in March. Right, <laughs> right. So, like, right, if, right. if I had set my goal yeah. of, like, I want to run a 5K in April, but I set that goal last March, right. what are you even, like, you're not even walking yet, right? And right. now I'm like, today, I'm like, yeah, I, I could have run that 5K this morning yep. in the cold, in the rain, in whatever, because my goal is to run a 5K. It's not to run a 5K tomorrow. Right. And that's, I think it's important to balance your goals with a little bit of reality. And it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you're putting yourself down. It doesn't mean you're underestimating yourself. It just means that your goals should guide you, not constrict you. Yep. Yeah, and you, and you should, regardless of your goals, you should celebrate the wins along the way, too. Oh, I, hell I, yes. And I'm, I'm, I, I try to be really good about that. I'm not always the good about it. I don't think anyone's really good about that. But that's really important. It really is important to celebrate the wins and, and not be modest or not be, you know, I don't know. You, There's people that I think are probably over <laughs> whatever. You, you can be modest, but don't be f- falsely modest because right. no one believes you. Right, you, right, you, right. It's right. okay. Look, listen, you can humble brag. Mm-hmm. No one, anyone who calls it, anyone who calls it a humble brag, here's, here's a dirty little secret. No one that's a winner will ever look at someone who's humble bragging and go, what a jerk. <laughs> yeah. No. No. If, I look, if I'm around people who are talking about their wins, it makes me want to win. Right. I don't even care what the win is. So mm-hmm. one of the things that we have going on, so I'm in Jason Stapleton's, um, one of his private groups. Mm-hmm. And we have every Friday, one of the guys came up with this great idea. And I'm telling you, this is something, you know, you always talk about mirrors and affirma- affirmations. Here's what he did. He came in one Friday and he said, hey, guys, let's do this. Every Friday, we're going to sit here in this group and we're going to discuss our wins for the week. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, I'm, this ought to be interesting. <laughs> and I sat there the first week and I'm like, wow, I am in a room with some really, really, you know, motivated, driven people. Mm-hmm. And it makes me like I want to have something to tell them on Friday. Right. And it's, it doesn't have to be anything specific. Like last week, it was like I did my first 20-minute run. Right. 
like and and okay, twenty minute run. And I know there are people. I know uh, we have listeners that run. We have one of the most runny people I know <laughs> listens to this podcast, right? Yep. But I also know that when I told him that I hey I did my first twenty minute, I was like, holy crap! Yeah, that's he was awesome. excited, right? Yeah, like, yeah, he's just as excited for me because he right. understands. Right. He understands when you're around people that are motivated. Motivated people will never look at your wins and tell call you a bragger or tell you know they don't want your humility. They want your successes because they feed off the your successes just as much as you feed off of theirs. And yep. if you're limiting yourself out of some sense of humility or some crazy sense of like uh, I don't want to I don't want to brag, hell no. Right. You do something good, brag your ass off. And if you're in a room with people that don't like you bragging, then get in another room. You're in the wrong room. Yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> you're right. No, and I think that's one of the things I love about Instagram, too, is I feel like it's such a nice community, right? Mm-hmm. But it, but there is a lot of that. There's a little. There's a lot of, like, I don't care if I'm the biggest whatever or you're and you're the smallest whatever. If you did something, people build you up. And, and I hope that continues. I hope it that... Instagram doesn't lose that ever. I, th- you know? I think Instagram is better at cultivating that yeah. than any other social media I use. It, it's right the now only for one sure, and, and the, I hope that I hope it doesn't lose that. I, it might, but I hope it doesn't because that is very true. It's a very uplifting. We all, you know, the tide rises, all that kind of stuff. But. Yeah, it's and by the way, you can look at. I, I know there's. A, some of you listening going, yeah, what about all the fake influence? Yeah, you're right. Oh, but absolutely. Then don't yeah, associate yeah. with don't them. Don't get me wrong. Right. You know who they are. Yeah. They're exactly. not hard to find. If, if everything in their, if everything on their stream is a brand, you know they're phony. Right. So don't associate with them. Right. Find the real people. There are a lot of real people on Instagram, and they're usually pretty cool. Yeah, totally. All right, feedback. We actually got feedback. I love it. First of all, let me just apologize to um, Craig Allen from Allen Woodshop. Um, Craigers, who gave, a, gave us a review last week, is him. Sorry, bud. I had no idea what your handle on Apple Podcasts was, but now we know. And thank you for pointing it out. And thank you for the awesome review. We really appreciate it. Um, I got a message from my friend Brian Ruppert. And Brian, I'm assuming it's Ruppert because it's two Ps. If it's Rupert, I apologize for pronouncing your name incorrectly. And I'm sure I'll get a message from him telling me, oh, yeah, you pronounced it correctly. Thank you. Okay, so he sent me, uh, just bought a Craftsman product owned by Stanley. Read the paragraph carefully. They say they warranty any Craftsman product ever made. Because we had talked about the Craftsman warranty. Um, last week. And it turns out he's correct. Here's the warranty statement from craftsman.com. Awesome. At Craftsman, our engineers are constantly introducing new tools and equipment to help you build pride in your projects and work. All of these new products offer the same market-leading warranty coverages you've come to expect, and we will continue, and this is this is the key here, we will continue to stand behind every Craftsman product that was ever made. Wow. Should you have a product that requires repair or replacement under warranty, simply return the product to the original place of purchase for repair or replacement. If you have questions or concerns, call us. For more details, click on the product family below to locate your war- your product and associated warranty coverage. So... My impression from this is that whether you got it when it was owned by Sears or yep. now that they're owned by Stanley, Black & Decker Stanley, you are covered. That's awesome. That is impressive. Well, it is. And as I think, I, I mean, I was talking about it last week. I think I was the one that was talking about my experience with Christmas, like where I went back with a broken screwdriver. They replace it. No yeah. questions asked. So that's encouraging i'm i'm happy to hear that that's really i am too and and i have been hearing and you know i've seen a couple of 
YouTube influencers, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to use names, but I have seen a lot of people starting to use the craftsman tools. Oh yeah, they're they're, they're definitely getting the uh, influencer push for sure. But uh, here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna give I'm gonna give some unsolicited advice to Stanley Black and Decker though. You guys have you guys have the Dewalt line, and you have the yep. Craftsman line. Make the batteries interchangeable, you idiots. <laughs> Why do you have two different battery platforms? Yep. There's no reason for it. Ugh. Other than money. It, but is, is it really money? Because someone... Okay, here's the thing, right? If I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to buy a tool, I'll buy a DeWalt tool at this point. Or Ryobi. I actually have mm-hmm. DeWalt and Ryobi are the two brands I right, use the most, yeah. right? <laughs> okay. I use Ryobi because I have a metric-ass ton of their batteries. Yep. And they make Ditto. every tool under the sun. They make tools that no one else makes as a battery right. Well, tool. that's the other thing, too, right? Yeah. Yep. But I will buy, I will lean, in some situations, drills are a perfect example. In a drill, I will never buy a Ryobi drill ever again as long as I live until the day I die. Mm-hmm. Because I think their drills are utter garbage. The chuck on them is the literal worst thing. <laughs> I don't know who the hell made these things, but I right. promise you whoever made them has never used them. They're terrible. Right. DeWalt drills... Even the cheapest DeWalt drills have a better chuck than the best Ryobi drills. So, yep. Okay, now that we got that out of the way. <laughs> if I was going to the store tomorrow and I needed a second drill, yeah, I'd, I guess it doesn't really matter if I'm going to buy a DeWalt drill. But I would like the opportunity to buy a cheap Craftsman drill. Oh, yeah. And no, why can't I, I use my DeWalt re- batteries? Yeah. That's what I want to do. I want to take my DeWalt. You guys make both tools. It's stupid. Right. <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's well, yeah. Here's the thing. All right, so I understand competing brands not making their batteries interchangeable because a hundred percent. Like that's part. Like that's part of the business model now. Is that that's the lock-in, right? That's your lock-in, right? You the, it, they're tools, battery brands first and tools second, right? Right. But. But yeah, no, you're right though. I mean, in, if if you're if they're all owned by the same parent company, then Use the why same wouldn't you let them interchange? And I'll, the reason, and I'll tell you another reason why I would, I wish you would, they would, because okay, there's no Lowe's near me, but there's three Home Depots. Mm-hmm. Okay, if I wanted a Craftsman tool, if I wanted a Craftsman tool, I couldn't get the batteries if I right. ever needed one, or vice versa. If I had a Craftsman tool. I'm like, oh, I bought this cool drill. I need another battery. Well, I'm not going to buy another battery. Well, you know, at that point, if I'm going to buy the battery, I might as well get the drill that comes with the battery and throw right. the damn drill away because the drill ain't worth anything. Drill's worth 80 bucks. Right. You know, so it's just, it's it's so aggravating. It's just a, a pet peeve I have. But I am glad that they're honoring warranties because I have in my shop right now the high-end mechanics tool set. My dad got yep. it for me. It was the first set of tools that I got. So I have sockets all the way from the smallest size to the largest size, three different wrenches, and every, I have the whole kit. It's an amazing kit. My, my father did me a solid by getting me this thing because I've used it now. It's about 20 years old. Yeah, so, no, I have my – I'm looking at it right now. I have all my, uh, like, screwdrivers, all my – chisels which need to be sharpened um and <laughs> all my like my ratchet set all of that is all craftsman from my dad and and he he got it not only because they were good tools but because of the warranty too the warranty so, is why my dad my dad was a professional he was a carpenter right. and he well, for his use he only bought craftsman tools yep yeah because he knew that if anything ever happened to a craftsman tool he could bring it back and get a new one so exactly 
All right. Uh, let's see. Next piece of feedback. Yeah, we screwed up, by the way, on this one. We were supposed to have this on last week's episode, but um, one of us is technically challenged and put it on a <clears> list <throat> that the other couldn't see it on. So we yeah, yeah, no, it's totally Vincent. It's definitely <laughs> not me. It's definitely not me at all. So um, <laughs> from our good friend Cowdog. Chris. Uh, before, before, workbench, before Workbench Con, I built a rocking chair with no plans and no idea how to build a rocking chair. After slapping it all together, I discovered that the rocking mechanism didn't work great. The angle of the backrest in conjunction to the seat needed to be wider or more obtuse as opposed to acute. So, well, after the fact, I looked into the Maloof rockers, etc., and saw that they made a million test pieces or templates in order to assure that all the components can be tested and fit properly. And some lady has a rocking chair that really sits more upright and doesn't rock great. It was incredibly ambitious for someone who really didn't know what the heck he was doing. So this is based on the conversation that we had um, a while ago. Yeah, a few episodes back. Why does everyone make tables and no one makes chairs? Right. And now we know why, because it's apparently really difficult to make chairs. I had no idea. I didn't know this was a thing. Well, I think that's an interesting thing, because Chris of uh, Cowdog... Craftworks. Uh, he he does. He's a really good woodworker. Like he does phenomenal woodworking. But so for him to say that he just kind of messed it up means yeah. something. And 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 I think that was his point is that chairs are hard. And what he learned was that these brands that actually make chairs go through tons and tons of templating and prototypes and stuff like that just for one single chair design just because there are so many intricate uh pieces that have to connect and that's what makes chairs hard yeah does that that make sense to you is that oh totally yeah because i i when you know at first you go at first you go nah it's not that hard yeah it's four legs and a platform that you sit on with a back right like take a chair go into your go into your dining room i'm assuming you have wooden dining room chairs go into your dining room and look at the chair nothing straight right the back is slanted yeah the legs are splayed the the everything is complicated it's not easy and yeah, I guess that is, you know, we kind of we kind of dropped a hint that we understood that making chairs was right. difficult and that's why people didn't do them on YouTube, but it is something that we take for granted cuz chairs are ubiquitous, so we don't really think about them. Well, it's it is interesting too that hear about a brand that basically is professional furniture makers and that they go through that many templates and stuff like that to come up with one chair. That goes to show how complicated it it is right mm-hmm. that's that's pretty much i i couldn't agree more I and mean, that's <laughs> i looked i was thinking about it after we had that conversation i went into my dining room yeah and i don't even i have our chairs are steel um and i was looking at the legs and i'm like if this was a wooden chair how right. the hell would you know like what angle to cut that at like i'm looking at this going right. i don't it's, know how to cut that it's not even like a 30 it's like a it's probably like a 33 point yeah, it's it's some weird angle, angle right? that like people that are artisanal chair makers right. have known for centuries, but they're not telling anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that's um. So that yeah, th- thanks for that feedback. But now we understand about chairs, which is something like I said, we just we understand. But we have no idea how to make chairs, though. So. Oh, I, I I'm, I'm still struggling with cutting boards. Chairs yeah, exactly. Um, we got a review this week. Oh, nice from our. Go- our good friend Sam Wilkinson down in Oz. See, we we talked about all the Australians that listen, and look at that. Sam shows up with a review. See, that's what we have to do. We, we've summoned the Australians. I got a sticker uh, uh, sticker swap 
request from a, another Australian tonight. So. Oh, really? Yeah. One that one that we both know, or one I that I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you know him. I'll, uh, I'll, our our audience, guys, if you're listening to this, my audience and Ethan's audience do not have a large overlap. <laughs> not it's, a big Venn diagram crossover. It, right? it really is funny how few people like knew both of us when we both started. Now, obviously, there's some overlap because people have kind of. Hey, oh, you guys do the podcast together. I'm going to follow both guys on the podcast. But it's really funny how many people, like, I see on Ethan's thing. I'm like, I have no idea who that is. No idea. (laughs) Yes. Vice versa. Vice versa. Right. Yeah. So um, from Sam Wilkinson, also known as Urban Goods. Uh, Urban Goods. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Good guy. Yeah. Really enjoy your podcast. Really motivating and great to listen to while in the shop. Thank you. Um, I really enjoy the fluidity of the conversations because talking points are for suckers. I agree. <laughs> Both of you are down to earth and all around great guys. If you're into making, selling products, or even content creation, give these guys a listen. Anyway, I'm rambling. I know I'm not the only Australian who listens. <laughs> so download <laughs> iTunes and give five stars to share the love. P.S. Both of you positively impact a lot of lives more than you know. Keep on making. Oh, man, thanks. That's, yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. Uh, this podcast has evolved into something that I didn't intend it to originally be, and I'm so glad it did because this is so much better than what I had planned for it. <laughs> so thanks, thanks, Sam. I, I appreciate that. That's Sam's awesome. one. Of, Sam's one of the good guys. Actually, Sam was one of the people who um, was checking in on me while I was on chemo. Oh, really? Yeah, one of the. It's weird. That was a weird thing that happened. Like when we went on hiatus. Yeah. I, I, a lot of people were new to the show that came on when you started, and they didn't know what, what, what I was dealing with. Okay. So when, when we went on hiatus, a lot of people messaged me like, dude, I had no idea. Holy crap, are you okay? And it's like, yeah, oh. I'm fine. It's, it's all going to be good. Yeah. It's that's, crazy. It's but crazy. Again, I, that's I, just like, it's, I don't know. It's, this is that community we like to talk about. It's, I know, I know. Thing. And it's always so like, I don't know. I feel like we're, we talk about it like it. But it's it it's it's real. Like it's people real. are it's connected, real. you know. And it it's the thing that I always say, and I, I said it when we had Brandy on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really do feel this that you know I always thought that when I said you know the maker community, I was going to be bumping elbows with Jimmy Duresta, and we were going to just be consulting on the next project, <laughs> and I was going I was going to be Mister Cool Guy, right? Mm-hmm. And what I didn't realize is that right around me, my community was forming. Right. Like, I have a community of friends that I've made doing this, and they're not the friends that I thought I was going to have, but I love the people that I've surrounded myself with, you know, guys like Bernie and Dave and Bruce and... You know, Ant and all you, all you people. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to name all well, of you. Thanks for here. thanks for naming me. Whatever. Whatever. Oh, I only gave you a spot on the podcast, <laughs> jerk face. Um, but no, but seriously, no, I, I, I really didn't expect. Yeah. I didn't expect to have, like, if I have to make something, right? I pretty much have at least one other person I could bounce the idea off of before I do it. Yep. And that's amazing to me. Like, I know somebody that does literally anything I could ever want to do. I know somebody that does it, and I I love it. I well, love it. It's it's funny though. I mean, and I think I've said it before, but I talk to you. I talk to Bruce. I talk to Alex. I talk to Trevor. Like I talk to people in this community, like my community, way more than I talk to friends that I've had forever. And again, that's not necessarily a good thing, but it is a good thing that I have you guys as connections. Like yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know? I agree. I, I look forward. I, 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 I've said this a few times, but I really do look forward to doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. There, I'm not going to lie. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to pull the kimono back a little bit here. <laughs> there are times at 
five o'clock on Monday when I'm getting, you know, starting to wind down my workday where I think, oh, crap, I got to do the podcast tonight. I'm not going to lie. There are times where it's like I would love to just go home, come home, sit with Tom in my lap and watch TV. There are there is a lot of nights oh, like that. Absolutely. And yeah. but once I get going on this. Yeah. I'm like, I'm in. Like, well, that's what go. I always try to remember, too. It was like, yeah, every, I mean, Monday nights are rough. Uh, Bettina's hanging out watching TV, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go record yep. a podcast. You know, like. Yeah, it's hard to get up off the couch and whatever. Right. And, but, but as soon as we get going, to your point, it's, it, it's so much fun. So, Like, I'm looking at the timer right now, and we're, at, we're basically at the finish line. And we have one segment left. I don't know how we manage to do this every week, but we're at the finish line now. It's one hour 20. We like to do one hour 20 to one hour 30. I'm also amazed that anyone listens for an hour and a half. I, I would but love they do. to. The one, th- the one thing that YouTube has going for it is that it'll tell you your retention. Mm-hmm. I would love to know what our retention is. I would love to know if anyone, if anyone just jumps in and listens to like the first 20 minutes and goes, oh, enough, and just shuts well, us off. Or I know if they that listen there's to the end people. to the end of the intro music. <laughs> I know that there's enough people at like at least five because people make comments on our picks of the thing of the week or oh, whatever. Well then, that's good. And, and you know what? I'm I'm fine if five people listen to the end of the episode. <laughs> that's well, five worth awesome it. people. Yeah. Well, if you, that's another thing. You know, we always ask you for feedback. There's another topic. Be honest with us. Be honest with us. Do you listen to the entire show every <laughs> right. week? I'm genuinely curious, and I'm not going to hold it against you if you say, you know, sometimes I, I start listening and I just don't finish, and then next episode comes out and I just ditch it and start the next one. I'd be totally okay with that. I'm not right. mad about it. Like, if just, it should be an hour, yeah, yeah, that's a, stop that's it a good an point. hour, that would be good feedback, right? Yeah, yeah. If you, think the, if you think we go too long, I mean, I know, what was it, two weeks ago with, with um, Justin, we did an hour 45. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My God. <laughs> I, I know, know it was you, like me, the, and Justin listened to it, but... It was like the Bruce episode and the Bernie episode where I went just two hours <laughs> with both of them. God. Um, yeah, let, if, if, let us know about the length, because that is yeah. something, you know... But we, we enjoy it, so... If you do enjoy it, then that's fine. If you fine. want more. Hey, yeah. if you want us to do a right. two-hour show, I could do a two-hour show. No problem. <laughs> Vincent, I think you could do like a three-hour show by yourself, by the way. I, 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 well, that was the plan until I brought on a co-host. <laughs> Thank God I did, because who the hell wants to hear me talk for two hours? Uh, you want to do things of the week? Yes, do it. All right. So um, do you have yours ready, or did you come yeah, up Yeah, I've got one? a couple. All right, cool. So um, let me get my notepad out here, because I have to take notes on yours. All right. Go for it. All right. Mine are a little... Uh, I got two quick ones and a little unique one. All right. Okay. So, anyways. So, um, actually, if anyone had uh, watched my Instagram stories tonight, this one, first one, was not planned to be a thing of the week, but I did the story, and now I thought I should talk about it. So, um, I got the dust blower for my Dremel. It is a little attachment that you put onto the, your Dremel... And it's basically this little piece of plastic or metal or whatever, but it, ha- it it's shaped like a fan. And so when it you turn your Dremel on, it spins and acts like a fan. And so That's if you're genius. carving or anything like that, it blows That's... all the sawdust out of the way or all the dust out of the way. I'm ordering one of these tomorrow. I it's need fi- this. It's, it's like literally like $5, <laughs> and it's like such... An amazing. How did you find attachment. out that this exists? Well, so uh, uh, Kate of um, C Kate Saw, mm-hmm. um, 
she she recommended it to me months ago and I bought it months ago and it's one of those things where I was just like oh my Dremel's already set up and then tonight I put it on I did a little work and I was just like oh what the heck am I been doing this entire time it's so what? simple it's such oh, a yeah, simple it just, little thing it, so. it just replaces the collet head yeah exactly that's it's all genius. it does yeah it's brilliant it's super brilliant it spins it it yeah so very outstanding cool. Yeah, very cool. Uh, the other one is uh, my... <laughs> so I've been um, struggling with my uh, intros to my YouTube uh, videos, doing mm. the live uh, talking head shots. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I struggle with them because it takes me about 40 tries to <laughs> land it. Uh, I'm so bad at it. But also the voice and the um, uh, microphones, I just, it, they just have not been what i want so anyway so i talked to bruce bruce a ulrich um and he uses the corded panda uh purple panda so i got i got the lav mic it's a lav mic it's corded but it has a huge long cord Mm -hmm. and um so i used that for the first time It, it took me a little while to get it dialed in i think it's i think it's a lot better than what i was doing before and it was like thirty bucks. Mm-hmm. Lav mics are like good lav mics. Uh, wireless ones are like a couple oh, hundred bucks. Forget about. It. I have the Rode, the Video Mic Micro Lav System. The, yeah. the the one, the square one that everyone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was one hundred and sixty dollars, and it's still in the box. Like yeah, I bought no, it with I mean, all these it, high lofty goals, and it's still in the box. So. Yeah, no, it's it's. I mean, I'm sure it's awesome, but yeah. And, and again, if you're doing. Uh, talking heads like Bob from I Like to Make Stuff or whatever, where you're doing a lot of like action kind of talking, mm-hmm. you don't want a quartered lab mic. But if you're doing what I'm doing or what Bruce does, where you just kind of are doing the intros or the outros or explaining things, mm-hmm. there's no reason to not have a quartered one. And it was like 30 bucks. 30 bucks on Amazon. Purple Panda. And, and it's very good. The Purple Panda one is actually very good. Yeah, I'm, I've so. been a huge fan of it. It took me a little while to get dialed in with my camera, but oh, for 30 yeah. bucks, way better than the shotgun mic, the $20 shotgun mic that I got. Like, Oh, totally. A, totally. a million times better. So Yep. Cool. So those are my two products. And then the other uh, channel type stuff is, all right, this is a little bit of a, of a difference. So I always shout out, David Picciuto, and I always shout out Bruce. <laughs> but, so, instead of shouting either of them out, I just, sh- I want to shout out doing doing a different kind of video than what your channel usually does. So, both uh-huh. of them this week did a different, uh, different kind of video. So, mm-hmm. Bruce did a more documentary um, video on, um, I wrote it down, uh, Lakeside Woodworks, which is a milling company uh, nearby... That he went down and they do they cut these huge slabs. They have these amazing machineries to flatten uh, flatten slabs, all that kind of stuff. The slab and master. The slab master. <laughs> he did a great job for the first time, like for his first time doing kind of more of a interview documentary type mm-hmm. video. I thought he did a like an amazing job, and I really thought I think I think there's something there that he should continue to do. So yep. So that and then. Uh, David also did a completely kind of different kind of video. We all know that he's super excited about go-karting. And he oh, did yeah. a video on uh, go-karting. He participated in his in the last race of the season. 
And again, he's just so excited about it. But it was more of a documentary or a kind of tutorial or not, not, not tutorial, but more of like a, just a vlog type feel. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really, really good. And his whole thing is taking chances, getting, trying to do different kinds of video. You can tell he's a little nervous about switching it up because he's known for his woodworking, but he's very excited about it. And I personally am super excited about the new format because that's why I watch his channel is his excitement, his passion and all of that. So anyways, long winded way of saying I like the different formats and people trying to do different types of videos. What I miss the most about what David, what David used to do Mm -hmm. um, is when he used to do more artsy stuff. Mm hmm. When he would do, well, like when he did the hot dog inlay table, yes. When right. he did the, the wiener when dog, he did the, yeah. the wiener dog frame, mm-hmm. that where he, that kind of stuff. I always loved that kind of stuff from him. So the idea that he may do more, like he even said in the video that he wants to do art, music, mm-hmm. vlogs. Yes, David, all of it. We all we of are, it. do it. We're all of it. And by the way, I don't know if you heard, but I'm making it. He said that there's a release date for his book finally. Yes, yep. spring. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. Maybe uh, he should come on. I think. Uh, maybe you know. Maybe now that the release date is set, and, uh, <laughs> maybe we already worked that out that when the book was going to be released, he. Was I really want him to come on, but I'm also really. You're going to do what I did <sighs> when Bob was on, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I've had. I've had the privilege of having two people I really look up to on this podcast, and you could see how much more comfortable I was with Jason than I was with Bob. Um, I, oh, I really even, thought you were going to say me, but okay. No, you, Ethan, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, 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 I totally look up to you, Ethan. It's really, it's been you all along. You've been the apple of my eye. Yeah, I know. Um, cool. So those are you, I got your picks. We'll, we'll put those links in the show notes for you. My picks, two very, very easy ones. Of course, they're YouTube. One of them is a YouTube channel. One of them is a YouTube video. So okay. one of the things that I've always wanted to learn how to do is make coin rings. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to learn this because this is a skill that a lot of people have and I don't. And so making some, coin rings? Like you take a quarter and you yep. turn it into a ring. Okay. Yep. I love and those. This is something I've always wanted to learn how to do. And there's a guy on YouTube. Um, it is Change You Can Wear, I think, is the name of his channel. Um, crap, I should have had the name of the channel ready. I just suck at this. The name of the <coughs> channel is Change You Can Wear. Holy crap, I was right. Okay. Right. Okay, so the name of the channel is Change You Can Wear. And he makes, basically what he makes is coin rings. That's his thing. The problem with it is that you need a lot of tools. You, some people use um, hydraulic press. Some people use an arbor press. Actually, an arbor press is the preferred way to put the coins into the die to stretch them to make them ring-sized. Well, he decided he was going to make a video on how to do this without specialized tools. And the only specialized tools he used were the reduction dies that you use. So you basically what you do is you take the the... the, the, the after you bang the coin on a mandrel that stretches it into a loop, okay, you put yeah. it in these reduction dies and you wail on it, and it shrinks the metal. Da- it literally shrinks the metal down into the shape of a ring. Huh? It's the coolest process. You have to watch the process to understand how it all works. All right, but what's, he did what's it, it all. Um, the channel is called Change You Can Wear, yeah. and it's one of his more recent videos. It's called a, I think it's called a Coin Ring Without Pro Tools. I'll have the link okay. in the show notes. It's phenomenally interesting to watch, and I am absolutely going to try all this. 
One of the things he was doing, though, was like, I have a ring stretcher now because I'm going to start. David Picciuto, a couple of weeks ago, did his new wedding rings. Yep. Every year, right? Yep. And I bought the ring stretcher because I had it on my wish list for a while. And I'm going to start making copper ring cores. So I'm going to cut the cut the wood on the Glowforge and then use the, use the copper to make a ring core. So, oh, so I have cool. all these plans of stuff that I'm going to do now, and it's going to be ridiculous. But anyway... Um, coin ring without Pro Tools. You have to watch this video. The process is amazing. It makes it look so easy. Second thing is a YouTube channel, and it's one of my favorite YouTube channels, and it's not specifically maker-related, but the guy is just wonderful to watch. Okay. It's um, Barry Lewis. If you've ever heard, he used to be called My Virgin Kitchen. He, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's an English guy. He does the best kitchen and cooking videos. The best. He's my favorite. I love watching his videos. I enjoy all of them. Like, does... what, what about him? Like, okay, first thing, he's super, super, super funny. Okay, but but he's the second thing, and the thing that really just permeates all the videos is he's not a professional. Right. And there were a couple of times where I've watched his video and gone, dude, that's not how you do that, and it still works. <laughs> and he's that's what. But his charm is that he's not a professional. Right. And he's he's just one of those, oh, I've got this recipe, and I'm just going to try it. He does this one series called, it's five, um, five recipes, five, whatever. It's basically, it's three ingredient recipes. Okay. I'm not even going to attempt to remember. But they're three ing- literally three ingredient recipes, and he makes a whole meal with four or five three ingredient recipes. And it sounds like, how the hell do you make anything with three ingredients? He does it. And he's done at least five or six of them already, where he's done a complete, two, like a two, two or three course meal, depending on what he's got going on that day. With three ingredients. That's with crazy. three ingredients, yeah. Ah, that's cool. But he's, he's really, really funny. He's got hundreds. And I'm not exaggerating. He has hundreds of videos in his channel. He does kitchen gadget reviews. He does kitchen hack reviews. He does something called Barry Tries. Barry Tries where he finds something and he just tries to make it. He's now been back to doing, he started, one of the things when he started doing cooking videos was he started doing supersizing where he would take like um, a Twix bar and make a gigantic Twix bar. <laughs> so it's, it's just, you never know what you're going to get. Right, he does right. like, sometimes he does three videos in a week. And it's, just, it's just such a great channel, and he's just got such an infectious personality. He's one of my favorite YouTubers. So that's Barry Lewis, and his channel will be in the show notes. And we have officially finished the marathon list of planning that we have for this show. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah. Woof. I'm, I'm exhausted. <laughs> it could be because it's 10 to 10. It could be because we just talked a lot. <laughs> we talked a lot, yeah. So I... um. I think that's all I got. You got anything else? No, I'm good, man. Cool. Let's close it out. So that's going to do it for this week, everybody. If you have a moment, throw us us a review in whatever podcasting platform you listen to us on. Um, Send us some feedback we you see we do read the feedback we love the i could do a, i love doing whole shows of just feedback if we have right. enough of it i will do a whole show of it and enjoy every minute of it i love hearing what you guys have to say um thanks for listening thanks for supporting the show thanks for interacting with us and like i said we're probably going to hit four thousand. well we better hit four thousand. jesus <laughs> we better hit four thousand with this episode and um here's to the next four five six ten twenty fifty thousand downloads Until next week, everybody, have a great one.